0: it's a nice night to kick off a new week the last days of november 2023 the thanksgiving week is behind us now we did thanksgiving on thursday friendsgiving on saturday it was a really nice time and here we are to to um to kick off a new set of downs right here on quite frankly all right, so I have a few things to say before we get started, and we're going to bring Rich Barris on. It is the last Monday of the month, if you can even believe it, and he's going to be on with us tonight. I'm going to bring him on pretty soon, too. I wanted to have him on by 7.15, so I wanted to get some stuff out of the way first. Number one, welcome back. How was it? How was it? Did everybody approve? I had a good time. Not too crazy, but just right. It's nice to just bask in in, uh, in, in the living space that we spent all year uh, remodeling and, and have no more craziness and banging and all that other stuff, and now it's just quiet times and some Christmas lights, which is nice. I also would like to say that before I um, I forget, and I give you guys a little bit of time to take part in it, but for Cyber Monday... The, quite frankly coffee the light roast the elevation blend uh, that is on sale until midnight i don't know if it's midnight eastern time or midnight west coast but if you go there right now it's 13 percent off the top and then if you use promo code frankly you get the free shipping as always plus Paige over there at the coffee revolution has really been dialing up everybody's orders with nice little notes and stickers that she made and and chocolate-covered espresso beans, so go ahead and check. I, have, I finally had some time to sit back and drink some of this coffee since taste-testing it, and I have to say, I still want all of your reviews, but the reviews I've been getting so far have been rave. And even though I want to develop new roasts and blends as seasons come and go, I don't think I want to let go of this one. So I think we might just be adding to the collection if we ever do anything, because I don't want to let this one go. It tastes too good. So, just saying, you can click through on that on quitefrankly.tv. There's a rotating banner right below the video embed, or you can find the link on the affiliates page. Coffee Revolution goes right to our page. Use promo code FRANKLY. That's what I want to say, because we have a Cyber Monday deal going on. And all of our other friends on the affiliates page, check them out, because now it's Christmas time, and you got to stuff those stockings. Perfect stuff over there. Only thing I can't tell you is... A wine. I don't have any wine. I would love to have a bottled wine, give somebody some chocolate, some wine, some coffee, uh, some survival food. It's perfect. It's perfect. You can go on and on and on, but I won't. Rich Barris is on tonight. Danny Katz author is on with us tomorrow. She got a new book out. Brendan Dilly is on to stir the pot on Wednesday night. I saw Brendan was in in the box watching a little bit of that South Carolina game with President Trump the other day. So I got, some, I got some questions to ask just about that experience alone. So Dilly will be on with us on Wednesday evening. On Thursday, I'm actually going to be on with Charlie Robinson on his new uh, afternoon slot, his show, at 2.30 p.m. I can't wait to do that. Love, Charlie. And then we have Barbara Yates coming on the show. Barbara has been in the game for a long time coaching women and how to how to represent their interests out there in the uh, the business the business world, the corporate world. She's got a website, Womaneuvers, That's gonna be a good night. And as far as December 1st with Matt, I don't know what we do. But something will come up. And much more on the way. I also want to remind you all. There's a few extra things that we put on this on the schedule coming up in December that are going to be really good. Um, ben Davidson, obviously. Actually, no, on, on December 4th, I have Megan Fox, not that Megan Fox, an even better Megan Fox. Megan Fox coming on. Um, she's been working with uh, PJ Media for years covering CPS and family court corruption and medical kidnappings uh, for like 20 years. So she's going to be on with us because I wanted to talk about the the horror stories, the CPS horror stories and things like that, that nature. So she'll be on with us then. Ben Davidson, uh, Suspicious Observers will be on with us on the 6th. On the 7th, Ashton Forbes is going to be on. This is the guy who did all of the the deep dives into the Malaysian Flight 370 mystery now that it has been revived over the last couple of months with those those really otherworldly satellite uploads of the plane kind of just blinking out of existence once these gravity defying spiraling orbs collected around it i've got plenty of follow-up questions i know he's been doing interviews and all that stuff but i've got plenty of follow-up questions plus i just want to have the story on the record over here quite frankly so that's going to be a great one. First week of december coming out swinging and i got more coming your way much more but I don't want to cut into Rich's time, so let's get into the grab bag, shall we? The first one up, I already told you about the coffee. Oh, so Matt, on Friday night, as you all know, we were talking a little bit about how many third graders we think that we could, or anybody out there, it was an open-ended question. If you were faced with a, uh, you needed to fight your way out of a group of third graders, how many do you think you can take at once? And we had a wide range, wide range. I even asked my nephew over the weekend, we went, um, he's a, a senior in high school and he's done a little bit of uh, camp counseling over the summers and stuff. And I asked him, he's a football player too. I said, I said, Jay, if you if you had to fight your way out of an attack of third graders, how many do you think you, you could be able to take and he, he sat for a second or two, pregnant, pause, and then he said, I think about 10, which is right around where King said. King said like half a dozen to a dozen, something around there, so I think that he's thinking a little bit more clearly about this, though I think if you go frantic, 20, it, you have to be able to pick them off. You can't take the whole group. If they swarm you, you're screwed. But even he said about 10, you know that no matter what I did on Friday night to dissuade Matt, away from saying, believing, that as long as he had the high ground, he would be able to fight one to two thousand third graders. He said he used thousands, plural, plural thousands. Uh, We could not, I couldn't convince him otherwise. So this came in, of course, on, uh, I think on Saturday or Sunday evening. And I was just beside myself with laughter, Uh, Adrian of Rise Attire, who helped me relaunch the quite frankly merchandise in the last couple of weeks he sent this to me my way he ai rendered matt fighting off thousands of third graders so there's matt i guess he's just trying to channel that that uh infernal rage to get himself out of this situation because it is a sticky situation and look at those demonic third graders around those are definitely AI phases right there. Matt, bulging, bulging biceps. He knows that he's got, he's in for the fight of his life. <laughs> this is something that would actually look great as a shirt. And you want to talk about obscure. Who the hell's ever going to know what the hell this is? What is this? But, um, so I want to, it really puts it in, into perspective, doesn't it? How the hell is he going to get through that? So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. I put that up on the Instagram. I put that up on the Telegram and on the the, uh, Twitter and and the YouTube community tab. So I hope you like it. In New York, we have a little bit of uh, news. This is really going to help things over here. The prospects of New York City ever getting back on its feet. NYPD cops leave the force in alarming rate. Over 2,500 police officers have turned in their badges so far in 2023. And this is great news if you ask me, because now there's going to be far more room in the budget to hire at least 2,000 more female social workers who can be dispatched to mediate violent crime all over the city, you know, without needing armed men to go and fight other armed men. There you have it, 2,500 have already turned in their badges and it's probably gonna be a very similar, you know it's gonna be a very familiar sight to New Yorkers soon. It's either they're going to have the 2,500 new female social workers showing up or perhaps Chicago can send over a clown car of some of their top pre-diabetic female cops who put on one hell of a show over the weekend. This is from uh, the Gateway Pundit, but it's it's been getting around a little bit. Um, here you go, Chicago. Four overweight female police officers try to arrest a male shoplifter, and he ends up escaping. I've got this down for you. It's um it's about three minutes long, so I I went to the one minute fifty four second mark. Uh, this is when and he's being very polite. Obviously he's he's shoplifted, he's committed a crime, but now he is going up against four uh female police officers i guess they showed up um, in pairs of two and he is very politely just not complying so he's resisting but he's not being violent or anything like he's resisting and um i guess his he just he just figured okay enough wrestling with the kids i want to i just i actually just want to go home now so can we (laughs) Hold on, hold on, because you got to hear all the radio dispatch talking to some of the women that are on the scene. There, you can hear that they are actually out of breath and almost just like giving up, just whatever. And they're talking about uh, sending multiple cars. This is one, one perp. It was a positive on the
1: show
0: up. Positive so there you go. Four of them are, are kind of. They're trying to get an arm. I think they managed to get one handcuff on. But now he just starts saying, okay, I, I want to go home. And uh, that's when things get a little bit more, I don't know. They start breathing heavier.
1: 0 to 0 6. Okay, it's we're struggling.
0: 10. Struggling now.
1: <laughs> All right, 9 5 and a half. more cars.
0: Get me some more cars. Get me some more. First of all, just to to listen to this dispatch. All right, get me some more cars. The fact that they already have four police officers wrestling feebly with this man. And that they're calling in m- multiple more, they're calling in the entire police, whoever's on duty in Chicago is coming to this one guy who probably stole a toothbrush and some deodorant. Uh, it, it, it is just so clownish and also horrifying at the same time because this is supposedly the force that is keeping civil society together. If you live in places like Chicago or New York City, this is what you're. What is protecting you? This is who you call in a jam. Give me some
1: more time. That way. Twenty two thirty three.
0: Look, okay, so now the, the now three of them are continuing to wrestle. The other one broke away, and she's calling in. You can hear her completely out of breath, and he's about to just walk away soon.
1: we got at Walgreens. Oh no! He's wearing all black, running upbound on Justine from ninety fifth Street. Northbound Justine from Nine Five. The offender is running northbound. Do we have one in custody over here? Is this who we fighting with, or he took off from y'all? He's taking off.
0: He's taken off. Can't, can't breathe. He's taken off. Can't breathe. He just finally said, okay, ladies, I have to go home now. Wow. So um, I'm sure another clown car showed up shortly after this, and, and that was, uh, they called it a night. That was another, another uh, chapter in Chicago's illustrious history of the streets. Okay. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Rich Barris is coming on with us in just a moment or two. Please help share the show around. Like it. Comment on it. That's the best part. That's the best part is so liking the commenting. And um, and the full live experience will be on quitefrankly.tv or pill.net, the foxhole. All those links are in the description below, especially on YouTube and Rumble and uh, and um, and Rockfin. Of course, the, the live show in its entirety is uploaded to... Almost all of those platforms afterwards, but uh, second half is going to be really interesting because we're going off the rails with Rich a little bit. I wanted to talk about glitches in the Matrix because I know that he's interested in this stuff, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a couple of stories of his own, or at least stories he's collected. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
1: Plan is simple. We break into the Capitol building. We infiltrate the government, and we kidnap the Speaker of the House. Everyone down on the ground. FBI. You're on- It's over, all right. It's over. For all of you, you FBI scum, we're the true patriots, standing up for liberty and stuff. Wait just one minute. Steve. Steve Crenshaw. <laughs> you got me.
0: wire. <laughs> <laughs> right, we we read read right the we're all FBI agents, if that
1: hasn't been obvious. <laughs> all right. FBI. I don't know how you sleep at night. Traitors. What do you know, we were all FBI agents the whole time.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. It is Monday, the 27th of November, and it's uh, it's quite frankly, and because it's the last Monday of the month, you know exactly what we're going to be doing right. We've got to check in with the doctor, <laughs> Dr. Rich Barris, the People's Pundit. I've got his link in the description of the episode. I hope you all go check it out as usual. Rich, how the hell are you feeling?
1: Doctors would not recommend vaping.
0: No, no, okay. they would not. They
1: would not. Doing <laughs> oh, y- good, Frank. How about you, buddy? I'm
0: doing all right. Are you are, are you a are you a vapor who is doing it for the taste with no nicotine in there, or have you got recently kicked cigarettes?
1: I uh, kicked cigarettes probably ten years ago, and I used vaping to stop, and then I stopped vaping for a very very long time and then when we moved uh you know it was nice i was you know i mean it couldn't have been better uh you know it was like the first house we ever had you know we owned ourselves and we built it um and i wasn't for a while and then you know god forbid she listens to this then my mother-in-law needed to stay with us for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i went back to vaping and i haven't been able to kick it since and i'll tell i'll be honest with you frank this time it's much harder i don't know why um but it's difficult. I'm trying. So okay. I'm getting
0: better. So you have you it. have a little bit of nicotine in it then?
1: Oh yeah, a okay. little bit. No, it's a lot of it. All right. Well, I started with the little threes and now I'm back up to the fives. Oh, it's yeah. a catastrophe.
0: Well, at least you're not breathing in fiberglass and all that other stuff. I mean, I have. Well, uh, that's
1: true. And I'll tell you, I don't feel the way that uh, I felt when I was a smoker. I remember that. I mean, my chest was constantly hurt me as a smoker. However. I don't think you know. I'm a you know I'm a data guy, and I don't think we've had nearly enough time to study the impact of vaping. I remember you know when Trump was president and Mitt Romney went on this tear. I don't know what Jewel ever did to him in the Mormon Church, but they went nuts on him and they went nuts on them. There's a documentary right now on on Netflix about it, uh, the rise and fall or something of Jewel, and they just got targeted. And there was all of these hit pieces about. And listen, I'm not disputing whether it. it causes popcorn lung or something like that. My point is, you know, uh, cigarettes cause a lot of things, and I'm just not sure we've had enough time to to study what it really does. That being said, I mean, Frank, you you know, you're inhaling fire or smoke. It's no good for you. You you're inhaling a vapor. It's probably also no good for you. I mean there's no there's I, I don't see how it could be.
0: If you're working you're you're working your way down that ladder, then that's all good. Just if as long as you don't work your way back up, then then fine. I understand you what you're I got to...
1: these again, brother. I got these again. What's you your favorite? Know, and these things used to help quite a bit, but I have to get the brand and they're expensive because the brand has a coating on it that simulates to me, you know, having vapor because it's a very the coating is a very strong, minty kind of breathe and it and that helps me so it's not really just the nicotine it's always been a fixation with me
0: have you ever oh, try, have you ever uh, considered doing angel dust instead
1: <laughs> <Are> you, <laughs> you mean what <laughs> <Are> you <serious? laughs> no but uh there is an advertiser who's been looking into us and i uh, told him <laughs> "You know, send me the products i'll look at it apparently it's nothing harmful at all it's just flavor and that's for people like me with the orals fixation you know so let me ask you uh, what, what is see. your favorite
0: flavor because i, I can tell you the, the the my favorite flavor is smelling whenever the hell i i'm around buddies that that uh and i had it I I had one as well, like uh, one of those boxes years ago, because we loved smoking hookahs a lot back... I, we still have hookahs around here, but I loved just the smoke tricks and the big plumes and all that stuff, but yeah, the flavors yeah, were yeah. really great. I love the cereal milk. It, it, well, it, it smells the, like uh, yeah. Fruity Pebbles.
1: And I used to... Lo- I, look, I still do love a good cigar i just don't smoke them as much anymore um i I don't i haven't smoked a cigar in a while actually but i love cigars i used to have a uh, like a fairly large humidor and everything I mean, i i was really into it a buddy of mine in the army uh you know i think the first smoke he ever gave me was like a monte cristo number two and uh, and i was hooked you know every time like oh my god this is amazing uh way better than cigarettes i even stopped smoking cigarettes for a while because uh, for a long time because of cigars Uh, But that was many, many years ago. And then if you have a habit like I do when it comes to cigars, it's very expensive. Once upon a time when I was single, had no kids, and I was just a guy in the army who liked to scream and, uh, you know, fire weapons. I had all the money in the world to spend on, you know, expensive cigars. but Because I I never liked crap. I I was never a ridiculous snob, but I never liked crap. You weren't going. I was like a $20 smoke kind of guy, $15 smoke kind of guy. Yeah, It
0: adds up, brother. You weren't going for the, the White Owls and the Black and Milds
1: no i was an opus (laughs) X, garka and i really like fluent i love the love the hemingway's the little short stories i used to love they used to make me look badass you're on the range you're scaring the hell out of these new kids that are coming in they want to learn how to use a clean more mine or something nothing better than a little short story in the corner of your mouth screaming in their face they learn it real quick let me tell you it's hilarious (laughs) well that was the the best accessory even with the vape i was a menthol smoker for cigarettes so it to me I could not go in a uh, like any kind of store or anywhere that sells any kind of little sticks or whatever, and get some kind of mint or you know a flavor like a fruity flavor. I hate that crap. I need menthol flavor, like okay. that's otherwise there's just no point for me to even smoke it.
0: I get you. I get you. Well, right. hey, well I'm I'm glad I asked. I just never saw a uh, I never saw a douche flute in your hand before. And I yeah, just man. like, hello, oh, wow. wow. Look at that. But
1: I'll tell you what, you ever see Willy Wonka, the original? Remember that fat little girl? She's like, you know, whatever just dirty habit. And she's sitting there picking her nose. Uh, you know, we all have our vices. So what was her name? What's that girl's name? Wasn't Willy that, Wonka? that? The, somebody help me out. Wait, wait, no, what's uh, that?
0: Veruca salt?
1: Who? who no, no, what? the little girl. The little girl. She's like, uh, something is a dirty habit. I think she says smoking or something is a dirty habit. But then she's sitting there picking her nose like a disgusting little pig. And the point is, we all have our vices, don't we? You know, Wait she a winds up turning into a giant blueberry. The blueberry.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, what the hell is her name? That she was. It's it drives
1: me nuts. She
0: wasn't picking her nose. She was chomping on gum.
1: No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. She was like, chom- she always chomped on gum, but she was picking her nose when she says something's a dirty habit. Okay. and. What the, Some Veronica, Victoria, somebody, some like British Pompey name. Somebody you know, in the chat like room
0: that. probably already got it, and I, I haven't, I haven't seen it.
1: Somebody's got it. I'll look into and it. And I love Victoria, by the way. It's a beautiful. Name. It's one of my favorite names. But it's a wonderful. It's name. something like that.
0: Hey, let me ask you real quick. Uh, as we opened up here, I was joking a little it's been bit
1: about right open. Oh,
0: I know. Hey, wait, hey, l- listen, we we, we got uh, we got time to chill, and that's what I like yeah. doing. Um, w- what do you think about all of the the lay? Oh, not the layoffs. The the, the police in New York City quitting, um, twenty five hundred already in two thousand twenty three. I know that there's probably a good amount in the academy too. But um, as far as experienced help or people just yeah. bailing and getting the hell out of Dodge, this is. Uh, that that tells you something right there, huh, Rich?
1: Well, you know, I mean, I, I, when I heard of that, I thought back to um, Rudy Giuliani, some advice he'd given Michael Bloomberg. And for, for the most part, Michael Bloomberg, as much as he went off the rails with, you know, straws and soda and stuff like that, um, he never had a terrible relationship with the police. He understood that the mayor really did have to back the police. And ever since then, they've had de Blasio and now they schmuck, you know, so uh, who the hell would want to be a cop in New York City and you know the problem is if you don't keep these guys then there's no one to train the new ones coming in it's like you never replace your police force with the quality that you had before you never will and look <laughs> this is I, I understand I'm not over here being a you know uh, cheerleading for the cops but new NYPD has come, had come a long way and I think faster than a lot of the other police departments around the nation, the majority minority, and I thought they, for a while there, uh, were being a model. But this is, Frank, this is going to happen everywhere. Yeah, it is.
0: I know. That's what i feel. feeling. You know, let me ask owned you.
1: Own from the top, brother.
0: It's I know. I know that you're always looking at things like, um, like crime. And, of course, even just migratory patterns of Americans, whether they're leaving one state and going to the other, the reasons why when they leave. I, I, I wonder, though, on much larger scales, before we come back down to your Rust Rust Belt study and a few other things that are going on right now that I want to learn about, um, on a much larger scale, on a worldwide scale, do you ever do any um, any surveys to really see what, what uh, people's opinions on proposed global reset issues are. Like, for example, this Yahoo Finance um, article that I saw come out over the weekend, it said that here's the headline Eat Less Meat. Is a message for rich world in foods first net zero plan. The world's most developed nations will be told to curb their excessive appetite for meat as a part of a comprehensive plan to bring the global agri food industry into line with the Paris climate agreement. Of course, yep. everybody is is uh, they cite the that magical year twenty thirty over and over again. I so, was just
1: gonna Bring this up, but go ahead. Go
0: ahead. No, no, no. So I, I really just want, I know you pay attention to things like this. I know people like Barnes pays attention to things like this. But when you get down to, you know, everyday people and you're doing surveys, how far up the scale of big picture plots are you surveying people on?
1: You know, sadly, and it's funny, You, I, I swear, folks, uh, we had no, I had no idea who was going to ask me this. Um, and even for the, the the person who might be listening. <laughs> We don't do it publicly, a lot of things like that. Sometimes we do. But in this particular case, um, not publicly. We, we were, in fact, hired by um, a private client to do something like this because this is a really, really serious issue that I don't think a lot of – well, I know a lot of Americans, in fact, even a lot of Texans who we are actually surveying, don't understand and don't know about. And for people who don't know 2030 what Frank's talking about – and there's an angle here that's particularly relevant to to, my, to our client. The federal government basically wants to take a bunch of land away from Texas cattle farmers um, by 2030. And if they do that, what they're essentially going to do is reduce beef production. You know, I mean, there's just no doubt. There, there's no way to deal with America, your demand for steak, all right? I mean, there's no way to deal with that if the federal government is able to pull off what they want to pull off. And Frank, there's a name for it, uh, 30 or one-third in 30 or something like that, where they have uh, the amount of land that they want to take and seize, which is solely aimed, again, to. Re- they'll say it's something else, but it really is aimed to hurt cattle farmers because if it wasn't, then they would have, of course, looked for other land, but they didn't. So it's aimed at reducing beef production in the United States. Um, and so far, I just, I don't, you know, it's not really my place to say, but I can tell you this just generically without, you know, upsetting anybody. Not, not only do Americans not really understand what's going on with that, um, the people of Texas who will be impacted immediately by it don't know, Frank. Because, of course, it's not just those cattle farmers. It's just that those cattle farmers have a lot of property. And unfortunately, properties aren't drawn in perfect little squares, folks. So, you know, if they're seizing, you know, this giant uh, you know, swath of territory of proper, uh, of land, you may have cattle farmers living around you or something. Well, guess what you're going to, you know? So uh, this is a big deal. And I, when I was talking and learning more about this, I thought about, and a lot of people don't know that in New Jersey, they called it the Garden State for a reason. Many years ago, my father used to live on a, it was like three and a half acres that he bought. Um, and we were surrounded by the Wang family who, they were farmers and they farmed everything. I mean, eggplant, lettuce, a whole bunch of stuff. And I thought about it. I thought about the Wangs when I was doing this. And then I thought about, well, what instance could a, a a person, get you know, a, a non-farmer, non-ag, non-cattle what uh, raiser, whatever it may be, get caught up in this. And I thought about that property that my father had owned. They would have decided to take the entire Wang family property, or a large part of it, but if they went, you know, to one side of that, uh, that lot, that parcel, Frank, then my dad's land would have been within that, and they would have taken that anyway. That would have gone too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, unfortunately, the, the, the awareness to it is not high, my friend. It is not high at all. Wow. I, you
0: know, I'm glad, I'm glad I asked you because I did not know anything about that, that Texas initiative um,
1: Dude, I didn't know about it until I was asked to do this project. It's and not... I live yeah. and breathe this crap like you do,
0: you know? No, and it's it's not in here at all. When I had grabbed this, I think the thing that really got me, and we covered it a little bit this morning on the morning show, but um, I had seen it, I already had the set aside, and what was just crazy about it is it's just more... Of course, they're ramping us up toward the, their big transitional years. 2030 and 2050 are very big years for them. And here's, yeah. uh, here's a, uh, a line farther down the, the way on the article. The average American consumes about 127 kilograms of meat a year compared with 7 kilograms in Nigeria and just three kilograms in the Democratic Republic of Congo, according to uh, FAO data. The Eat Lancet Commission recommends people consume no more than 15.7 kilograms of meat a year. They, um, so again, Rich, without knowing any of that stuff about Texas, what this is always a reminder to me is that they, that is, we see falling standards in the U.S. for everything, with our diet, with our health with the safety of our cities and our, our our suburbs and everything else the only response is why do we think that we should have it better than anybody else if people are living malnourished in the congo or whatever why do we think we should have what we have that it is about not uh, not maybe maybe uh it's not Some cultures just live with less, number one, but it's never about really helping people who are in dire straits. It's about deindustrializing the world, and that means cutting into everybody's, everybody's lives on the smallest of levels. So uh, that's really interesting about uh, what you had already dug up with Texas and how few people actually know what's going on.
1: You know, I swear after talking to some North Carolina farmers, I mean, the ag industry in North Carolina is a big deal. Um, Yams, you know, a huge chunk. We just had Thanksgiving dinner, right? Yams, majority of the yams grown in this country are sweet potatoes. It comes from North Carolina. The, you know, turkey raisers, um, they grew or they raised, you know, 1.3 billion pounds of turkey, you know, for not just North Carolinians, the entire country and it's like to to me frank um they've had a lot of issues this year it seems like nobody cares it seems like it's very intentional and to me as well look does anyone not feel bad for people who have it less fortunate than them every night when my family goes to bed my children uh you know we pray uh you know we say bless those less fortunate than us but we don't say hey lord you know give me the." the wisdom and strength to reduce my standard of living so i could feel better about myself <laughs> yeah there is this is a this is a story as old as time there are always going to be people who can't get it together frank they don't have the resources frankly they don't have the, the philosophy and the principles to make better government to make better society i don't know i understand what the hell that has to do with us you know i mean, I mean just be real honest what does that have to do with us well yeah. americans are incredibly Generous. They're the most generous people in the history of the world. I don't get it. What am I missing?
0: It doesn't have anything to do with us. Because I'll no. tell you one thing. Uh, the average person living in the, the Congo today is not thinking about how well we might be eating here. Or anybody's eating anywhere. People are just getting on with their lives. Of course, there is a group of people that are just flitting above us. That are um, that are trying to use, you know, a little bit more. Uh, I don't know, impoverished parts of the world as a and as as an example to convince us to walk back on whatever plans we had for our lives and whatever standards yeah. we thought we'd be able to upkeep. Whether that be travel, I heard Boris Johnson's father talking to somebody on the BBC recently about about uh, how we should. You know, be, some people, it should be okay to tell some people you can't travel on a plane anymore because of the environment or one thing or another. It's just incredible how they're that guy back. That turned a... out to
1: be a massive fraud. Dude, Didn't I mean, it, it, and it's his
0: father. i never seen his father before. Uh, yeah,
1: but you know what? Like, father likes son. <laughs> what can I tell you? Yeah. Did, Al Gore's, did Al Gore t- turn out any better than his daddy? You know, John Fogarty's, uh, You know, wrote a song about him for crying out loud. Wow uh did um you know and i know you know that that that, look of course people change it into their own people but it goes to show you you know he always pretended to be uh someone who was from a different crop you know and he just he wasn't it was a scam another scam perpetuated on the poor working men and women of, of of britain who believed them think about believed him think about all the time and energy and political capital they wasted on that scam artist. While every day you have to you have to consider if you're a freedom loving person, you have to consider that every day is basically a ticking time bomb. And you have every second hour that goes by is a is one more second or hour that you you took to march toward tyranny. Because that's the never ending battle between liberty and tyranny. It's just a constant tug of war, and you have to make uh, wise decisions with your time and you have to make, uh, wise, you know, wise appropriations with your time and unfortunately, you know, when you have these people like Boris Johnson and others, you know, pretend to be something they're not and the people put their faith in them, it's such a massive waste, it's such a blow to liberty Frank, mm. you know, it's, it's you don't have the opportunity to make, or you don't have the um, how, not even the opportunity you don't have the cushion to make the mistakes that you know, the forces of tyranny can make, you know, and this is the way our founders constantly believed this. Like it was, oh, it was a law of nature, you know, that there will always be the forces of tyranny pulling against your liberties. And unfortunately, for the side that's on the side of liberty, you cannot afford. I guess is how I'm trying to put it, to make a mistake uh, or make too many mistakes because they're always on the march. And sadly, the state of nature kind of favors them, you know, so you have to ever be vigilant. And people like Boris Johnson, I swear they're going to be, you know, a special place you know where for them, Frank, because, um, you know, they exploited it what? and they exploited the, the they exploited the good, at the, you know, to the benefit of the uh, of the evil.
0: Well, before I before we leave the UK, then I might as well ask you this about, especially about making mistakes and and uh, and and being being found in uh, you know in in deeper and deeper waters. Uh, Ireland. Not only do we see the the riots in Ireland, and of course the jackals in the media. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's a number of ways to cover this. Um, it, it is in no way, shape, or form surprising that at some point people are going to be uh, at their breaking at their breaking point when they see their country just been That's right i it, it, it's a lot harder i have to imagine it has to be a lot for a lot harder for scottish and and irish and, and even you know british patriots to see what's going on with their countries because their countries are essentially the size of small american states you know well over here in the u.s we've been trained to see the whole 50 states as one large nation that uh, is you know is unbreakable, and therefore it's a lot harder to see just exactly how drastic the changes are in the nation, unless you go to a certain city. You know, I, I mean, so I understand. I can I can only imagine. You know, coming from a a small town over here in New York, who has had its identity completely wiped away, uh, ripped
1: away. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So,
0: but what do you, you think about this? You didn't get a vote this? on that either. No, by we the way. didn't get it. Did no, you, no, unless no,
1: I'm mistaken. No, did and, anybody? Did anybody come to you guys in that? Because that I'll tell you, I I know exactly where you're talking about. I get it, and uh, it's no there's there's no difference from other places, uh, Westchester and, and and even further up Nine W, you know, Bear Mountain, those areas, you know. Stuff. Rich, it's worse. They didn't get a vote on whether they would destroy uh, their their identity and their natural uh, beauty, and all the way up to Hudson River Valley, Frank. I mean, but you didn't get a vote on that, right? They didn't come together and say. Uh, is it okay if we flood your entire neighborhood with people who don't agree with you or share your values? Is it okay if we destroy your social uh, services system by overburdening it with those people? I mean I don't remember a vote on that, Frank, do no. you? No, no, because...
0: not, definitely not on, a, not on the state level, but I'll tell you, Rich and you, maybe you could look into this a little bit more because I know that my town was a tester, was a test site for the yeah. entire nation on something called cumulative voting. You ever hear that?
1: That does sound familiar. Every it does, uh, I, and I actually think you're talking about rather recently, right?
0: Every voter in my town has six votes apiece.
1: Yeah, yeah, to be, yeah. Yeah, to be It's able, almost like rank distribution. Right, because nobody
0: uh, nobody really votes around here, but they also want they say <laughs> that this is to, this is to be able to give um, underserved voices a a chance again so they're talking about representation for people who are not citizens is mainly the the whole thing here so there's that but going going I remember this initiative oh yeah it's I it's it's, it's a big issue but going back to Ireland um you got this going on uh we heard this one woman uh she's part of some maybe she's a member of parliament out there or something talking about how we stripped away vote here listen to this here's 41 seconds yeah play it This is Ireland's Green Party Senator, O'Reilly. We're restricting freedoms for the common good. And she's talking about hatred, uh, hate speech. Listen to this. When you think about it, all law, all legislation is about the restriction
1: of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. You will see throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced.
0: And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, insecure, and cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace, then I believe that it is our job as legislators to restrict those freedoms for the common good. Okay, so right off the bat, uh, Rich, I am—I have been made to feel very uncomfortable, uh, and I would like to be left in peace, and I'm not getting that. So who do I go to to have some arms get twisted on my behalf? Because I know who she's going after. Uh, she's trying to, uh, she's, uh, of course, she's uh, speaking, this Harrodin is speaking from the standpoint of uh, this is the this is the unbiased truth of the matter, and there is only one enemy.
1: Yeah, here's uh, what I would say. First, let me preface it with this. Connor, my friend, you know, we'll take you. You can come over here any time and uh, g- give us maybe a year and a half to make sure the State Department's under control, and we'll we'll get you, we'll fast-track that naturalization for you, buddy. So if you're not up to fighting those idiots and you just want to come over here, you can't. Secondly, I'll just say this, and I have, I have no shame in saying this. This is what makes us better than them. Oops, I know you're not supposed to say that, it's true. So this is what makes us better than them. They don't understand where rights come from. Of course, there was a social contract. And in its state of nature, I mean, God, does somebody have to break out on the floor of these stupid houses and read, uh, you know, John Locke for these people, the treaty signed government? of course we all lived once upon a time in a state of nature and decided for the common good uh for the safety of others the weaker that some of us would give some of our rights up for the common good but what makes america better than everybody else and what makes america freer or did than everybody else is the recognition by that government in that social contract that there are certain rights one among them being the freedom of speech to say whatever the hell you want because it doesn't come from her she doesn't grant you that right that right comes from the almighty creator and she doesn't believe in that that's just the kicker frank that's the truth and you wouldn't get any grievance in that so you wouldn't get any reprieve or there's no chance for you to air your grievances because right now you're just not one of the bereaved of the state you're not one of the you know the victims of the state they don't give a damn about you so that the problem with what some what she's saying is even as honorable and as admirable as it may sound that kind of language is later used to destroy other people that kind of language somebody like a hitler could easily use to say you know the presence of jews is uh, a threat is uh putting you know the german people at risk and you know what if we just annihilated those jews then we'd all be in a better position so i'm sorry you have the, you think you have the right to live sure you do but you're gonna have to give that up for the common good that kind of stuff can be twisted any which way you want she has no right to tell anybody no politician. And that's what makes America different. That's, by the way, why they can call themselves citizens all they want. The fact of the matter is the, the concept of citizenship as we know it was an American creation. They are subjects and they will always be subjects because they're subjects in their minds and they're subjects in their social contract. They don't have the rights we have because their government does not recognize where those rights come from. Therefore, their personhood, even as a matter of law, forget about philosophically, will never be fully defined or protected. And they are subject to the whim of the state. Somebody changes that. That's what makes modern leftism in America um, so dangerous, because it challenges that concept of citizenship that really was developed in America at nowhere else like this. And they are poisoned with the old way, the old Hobbesian way of thinking, where the government ultimately is the arbiter of rights, and arbiter of what is good, what is evil, what is right, what is wrong. That doesn't come from government here. And mm. that is the diff- that, is re- that is the core difference between us and them. And that's it, Frank. And they've been walking down this dangerous path for many, many, many years. And for many years, the American right was just totally incompetent when it came to explaining to the average American, the average, you know, normie, what really was at stake. Uh, You know, American, everyone thinks they're exceptional. Remember Barack Obama? Everyone thinks they're exceptional. Uh, My grandfather loved being Italian. But he knew that being in Italy was an inferior state of being. And that being in America was... um, obviously a better uh, opportunity is for, opportunity for his family because America was a better system of government. America was a freer place. Unfortunately, that crap is, it has poisoned us across the pond. And it, as a matter of fact, we read in the book club, Ideological Origins of the American Revolution by Bernard Balin, and the founders were very, very afraid that eventually that stupid, idiotic, kind of like, I hate to say it, but prone to being a slave mindset would eventually infect us and that is what has happened
0: didn't take too long uh didn't honestly in the grand
1: scheme of things Rome lasted a thousand years the the Egyptian king the kingdoms for you know the the old middle uh the three kingdoms in Egypt lasted far longer than we did
0: yeah I we're still a baby when it comes to you know it's our right. our country, uh, the age goes. But right. you know, since we've gone from across the pond back over here stateside, I want to ask you something. Uh, it's it's a it's a little bit of a broader question. Um, Iowa, the caucuses. Iowa caucuses are in 50 days. The big countdown has been set, and we have this recent quote coming from Joe Biden. He's sitting down for one interview or another. I don't I don't watch him, but I saw the highlights of it. And he said that polls don't matter anymore. And <laughs> whatever his context for that was, I wanted, to, I wanted to, to take that little snippet and talk to you about it, because obviously neither does election night uh, or validating the identity of a voter. And as we all know from the 2020 polls, uh, th- that they were all mirages, according to Axios and everything else. So I want to... Th- th- here's my bigger question for you. There polls are either suppressing a threatening candidate they're inflating a weak candidate or they're laying the groundwork for a cover story of an impending operation that's going to be down there we had the red the red mirage theory as an example of polling but here's something similar from this past month is it was a tweet that um that scott adams put out there and I came across it and I have to I have to say I, I wholeheartedly agree with this now here's the tweet putting it up on the screen with both, both of us he's retweeting Politico can
1: I see it uh, okay, I don't th- okay. you're not
0: gonna be able to see it right now I I, I haven't gotten the, the screen sharing thing down just yet uh, he retweeted Politico he said and it, it's David Axelrod I think saying Biden has yeah. no better than a 50-50 shot at re-election no better than 50/50 shot Scott Adams replies with this he says my brain translate the, translates this to 50% chance of a Trump landslide of historic proportions yeah. that would make it too hard to cheat him out of it, end quote. I yeah. base this opinion on Democrats Democrats convincing each other that Trump is the king of colonists and is the biggest threat to humanity. That guarantees an intention of cheating. Only a landslide would stop it. Um what do you think about that? And then I want to get to the the broader question about what Joe Biden is saying about that the polls don't mean anything anymore. So what do you think about Scott Adams?
1: Yeah, just real quick on that. I mean, it's real fast. I mean, real funny. i never Trump and uh, the Democrats all of a sudden now are anti-polls. And sadly, you know, they're not contributing. Nobody has been a more vocal critical polls than I um you know but they're not contributing anything positive to the conversation and it's sad they're just they're just hacks political hacks who care about their own candidate or their own party and that's really tragic because that sets back the work somebody like myself has been doing for a long time and that's what i'm fighting right now i've been fighting every day frank and sad um but what scott is saying i think uh you know I, i tend to agree with a lot of what scott adams says i think david is trying to push him out I think Barack Obama is uh, really unhappy with the position he finds himself in. I laugh at it because it's a demon of his own design. Joe Biden, I hate to tell you, buddy, you didn't get yourself elected. Barack Obama did. Everybody knows it. It's never reported, but it's true. Nobody picked up the phone, uh, you know, from your, your camp and convinced James Clyburn to deliver South Carolina for you. And that was all Barack Obama. He made you who you are. Uh, you didn't think Bernie had it in him to beat Trump. That being said, there is no doubt you cannot stop bad actors from trying to cheat in the election. You can't. And Scott is right. The, the only, but you can defeat it and you can defeat it by overwhelming participation. There's this like weird idea out there on the right that they just keep, you know, fabricating ballads or something until they overcome the margin. That's not really possible. There's a certain amount from people who didn't turn out that can be exploited. If you turn those people out in higher rates, you reduce the pool that can be exploited. And a landslide absolutely can overcome that. All of the defeats that we saw with Republicans this year uh, and some of the specials, that's due to low turnout. Democrats getting their people out at a more efficient rate, even in 22, than Republicans. We just had, the, and I don't want to go too much into the Rust Belt poll until we're ready, but Ohio was a great example. You know, Trump is ahead 13, 15 points, depending on the... Um, depending on the uh, hypothetical, whether it's head to head with a generic someone else, or you add Bobby Kennedy, or you add Jill Stein, you add Cornel West—they're very different. But um, that's what varying degrees he's he's ahead. But guess what? Other Republicans aren't. It comes almost solely from two things: one, the Trump or Bust vote says I don't, and I know their vote history, so we know they're telling the truth. I don't come out and vote unless it's for Donald Trump. I'm a Trump only voter. And then there's another one in there, and it really is an Obama Trump voter, and they'll never vote Republican. That'll never happen. And, uh, you know, the combination. Oh, and by the way, there's actually a third group emerging, which we've been talking about. And that is this like voter remorse group that's non white and younger. And that vote, uh, there's not a whole lot that Democrats can do if that base part, their, that part of their base fractures and breaks off. So David Axelrod is sending a signal uh, from Team Obama that Biden, they, they want him out. I mean, they, they want him out, Frank. They want him out. And then you have Team Biden, who is, if we, can, if we can speak quite frankly here, all right, a bunch of criminals. And they don't want to expose themselves to the Justice Department or, you know, uh, you know potential prosecution for something they did wrong. So power to them is more than just power. It's protection. So that's what's going on right now. And there's this fight within the Democratic Party. The problem David has yet to acknowledge and others like David have yet to acknowledge is that Gavin Newsom, who are you going to throw up? Gavin Newsom, Kamala Harris, they do worse against Trump. Biden is senile, Frank. He's senile. And yet he still does the best. He performs the strongest against Donald Trump. The rest of them is a thrashing. I mean, states that don't go Republican. Are going to go Republican? You put Kamala Harris against Donald Trump. He's taken Maine. He's taken Minnesota. I mean, Virginia is going to be a breath away. I mean, there it will be a bloodbath, and they know it. So they, so you know, David's expressing frustration because he really doesn't know where to go from here. A lot of them don't. They don't well, know what
0: to do. Well, then go go from there. I have I have a question. I'll save for after the because we're going to go on a uh, uh, an intermission together uh, in about cool. ten minutes. I'm going to hold you over onto the other side. But for the, cool. the the ten minutes that remains, talk about the Rust Belt. Um, what you have going on there. And uh, and at 8 o'clock, we'll bounce over. And I have I have a couple other questions, but maybe one bigger question for you about the future of polling, and, and you in particular, where you see all this going. Before we get into a little bit more weirdness, I want to do a little bit of a glitch in the Matrix conversation with you in the second half. But tell us about this Rust got Belt. got one
1: for you, too. Great. I've got one for I, you. I've been thinking wait. long and hard about this. Can't wait. i got one for you. I can't wait. I don't wait. know if it totally qualifies, but it does in my mind. But it, let's go, 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 ahead.
0: That's good. That's good. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Tell us about this Rust Belt uh, study because I want to know what's been happening there.
1: So I'm not, especially considering what other people have been published before we got out, uh, you know, we got our numbers out there. I'm not entirely surprised, you know, that Trump is ahead in Pennsylvania. He has a bigger lead in Ohio, which is just an insane lead. Iowa, Iowa. You know, I'm not surprised, but I am surprised about the margins, Frank, the margins, right? So, you know, in southeastern Michigan, it's brutal for Republican. Tudor Dixon got creamed, you know, she did decently in Monroe County, got uh, creamed in Monroe, got creamed in Oakland, you know, didn't lose uh, Macomb that terribly, but um, compared to how Trump performs and he wins McComb, she just did horrible. They're huge swings. McComb being the toughest among those three, for sure, for a Republican. And, you know, Biden won it by like 16. He's now barely ahead there. So if you combine Trump's lead in Macomb, which is almost 20 points, it's insane hmm. uh, with where uh, Biden leads in Oakland. It's just not enough. I mean, we had Trump up by five. And when we were in the field, and we just started, Epic MRA had put out a poll for the Detroit Free Press that had Trump up by five. And I thought, That's crazy. That's way too much. I went back and did research. The most we ever had any presidential candidate leading in Michigan was three points. Hillary Clinton in 16 had at one point a three-point lead in the summer in Michigan. And then it was like two points, one point, two points. I mean, these are close. When it comes to Trump anyway, these are close races. You know, Um, for him to be up by five is just insane. And the big theme, Frank, across the Rust Belt. Is this not, I've been saying age and race, age and race, age and race. When we first started putting out these numbers, we came under all sorts of attack. And I never really care, to be honest with you, Frank, because I always, more often than not, I'm going to sit back and it may take a week, it may take two weeks, it may take a month, it may take a month and a half, two months. But eventually, other pollsters are going to start showing what we're showing. They're going to see it. And that's what happened. Age. Donald, you know the NBC people were having a canary. Trump is up by two among eight of you know people below 34 years old. No crap, you know. And then also, uh, you know, the, the race thing. We are not one of those pollsters who overstated, and it's common for pollsters to overstate Republican support among non-whites. We are not one of them. In Ohio, I went back and looked before we released the Ohio poll. Uh, our final poll in Ohio, had Trump, like at nine percent of the black vote that's it now he's at like 17 he's at 22 in michigan he's at 19 in pennsylvania i mean this is just Jeez. very obvious frank there are young wait when you say 19 men
0: this is this is in, in one one particular demographic what, what was the the 19 in pennsylvania that's that's one particular demographic what is African american wow
1: african-american total african-american support which i think he got like eight in in 2020. You know, so and and one of the interesting things about Ohio is that, yeah, he was ahead by more than he won it in 2020. Um, but, Frank, when we looked at the white vote, it was a 20 point margin, exactly what it was in 2020. What's going on now, you know, years ago, there was almost no Hispanic vote in Ohio. Now it's about five percent. Right of the total electorate, Trump lost it. He didn't do terrible. He got about forty percent of it last time. He's now leading Trump with it. He uh, won the Asian other vote in Ohio, and now he is uh, he won it by like three points in twenty twenty. He's now winning it by like fifteen points. Uh, the white vote is bearing basically where it was in twenty twenty. In Ohio, all of that shift is coming from non whites, and either just Biden is just not hitting the targets in urban areas that Democrats need to hit in order to even be roughly, you know, marginally competitive. Now, people say, well, Rich, Ohio is now a red state. Iowa is now a red state. That is not true. And I'm telling you, we did it. uh, Suffolk University, David Paliogos at Suffolk University for USA Today. He's pointed it out. The other candidates do not hit these numbers when it comes to non-white voters, younger voters, and low-propensity voters. And what does that mean? If you take those low propensity voters out of the electorate and you say, okay, they're not going to vote, those leads you see Nikki Haley have, they're fake. And then Ron, Ron DeSantis struggles. I don't think he would carry Ohio. I don't. I'm sorry. I think he would lose too much of the Ohio Valley. It's not. Look at what happened to uh, JD Vance, who 100% was backed by Donald Trump. He pulled out areas like Mahoning, uh, you know, and in, in, in and around that area, Youngstown. He pulled it out by a little bit, Frank, you know I mean? But he won because he was seen as MAGA. And that's very difficult for another non-Trump candidate to be seen. Michigan, no chance. Another Republican, no chance. This is because part of it is you're asking, anytime you run against an incumbent, you're asking uh, the voters to take a risk on you. You know, to take it, it's a gamble. I don't know how you're going to do as president, but I know at least how he's going to do. And that makes me a little bit more comfortable, even if Biden is unpopular. Even, you know, Carter, by the way, it was a close race until Reagan hit that bar. The other candidates have to give people hypotheticals and they have to give you IOUs, essentially. And trust me's with Trump. They know what he did because he was a president. So it's like Grover Cleveland. You know, the, you said this was going to happen. You said they would screw this up. You said they would screw that up. They ran Grover Cleveland out of office because they thought he was too much of a disruptor. Well, two and a half years later, they were begging Grover to come back. And when you can compare two records like that side by side, uh, it's, it, it's a problem for the person who uh, beat that incumbent. If they're failing at the job, it's a really hard. It, it's a big problem to convince people to stick with you when they know, I just want to go back to peace and prosperity. You know, and, and that's what's going on now. And that's why not only there's voter remorse with people who you would normally think are persuadable, Frank, but there's actually, you know, the acceleration of what is a realignment, right? Yeah. That's what's happening.
0: I think when you think uh, when you compare him to uh, Grover Cleveland, though, the first thing I comes to my mind is what could the differences be between then and now? And that is that, well, I think that the reason why Donald Trump is not, um, is not uh, working through the the last year of his second and final term at this point yeah. is for far bigger, more insidious reasons than the oh, the, the, the no votes doubt. the votes didn't show up for him. So you know, yeah, it,
1: totally, I totally, I am with you 100% I, it, without it, a doubt.
0: It, I would I, this would be a very interesting uh, way to look at it if it were if what we're living through right now is just because. Um, how how voters were were swinging how their hearts and their minds were aligned and you just and when you tell me those types of numbers and, and those demographic breakdowns in places like Pennsylvania and across the rust belt it gets me a little bit of a, of a 20 retrospective now whenever i think about 2019 i get nervous rich when i think about yeah. the year 2019 I, I get this little pit in my stomach because we didn't know what was coming little in tick. 20 yeah because we, we had no clue things were going Things were going so smooth. Things were going so smooth, you know, relative to what we have right now they were so smooth and people were feeling so optimistic about things. And we were so especially once uh, the fake um, the fake Russia thing went away and that was rolled into fake impeachment based on the fact that we were sniffing. We we had finally started sniffing around too close to what was going on in Ukraine. But once that impeachment was out of the way in, I think, the uh, the mid-February of 2020, we're like, all right, we're home free now. Impeachment actually boosted Trump in the polls. And now what is going to stop him? To crossing the finish line in November. A
1: global pandemic, I, ladies and so, gentlemen. So I'm
0: telling you. I'm telling you. Now, now when you show me a, a glut of positive polls, it gives me the same kind of dread as 2019. What is going to oh, be done?
1: Frank, put nothing past these people. I, um, I'm i just going to say it. You know, I, I, actually, I don't think we would fall for another COVID. No. Nah, I, I worry about the man's safety at this point I do I I really do listen you know people kill for the dumbest reasons Frank stupid money Frank you know uh, 30 bucks in someone's wallet because they're uh, you know because they're they're desperate or hungry or have a drug addiction Um, you're coveting someone's wife you know uh, insurance money stupid crap tiny amounts of power you're talking about the most powerful office in the entire world you know you, you don't think human beings are capable of doing look at and and now we're hearing the rhetoric from the morning joes the claire mccaskill's i said very much mirror the rhetoric that made that nutcase and i'm not going to say his name go shoot steve scalise because they convinced him that republican leaders were enablers and protectors of donald trump who was a russian agent of vladimir putin in the white house illegitimately elected that was that guy's motive you know, before the FBI made Facebook tear down all of his posts, uh, you know, we screenshotted them. We saw them. I mean, that was his motive. His last post is that somebody had to do something about the Russian and the Republican enablers in the, of the traitor. In the, White House. In the White House, and now we have yeah. Claire McCaskill. They always want to talk about dog whistles, Frank. Now we have Claire McCaskill saying he, Trump is more dangerous than Mussolini and Hitler combined. Well, Morning Joe saying people will die and be imprisoned. He's going to murder people if he's taken office again. I've seen what several do you think headlines. Doing?
0: I've seen several headlines. So let's and let's hold that thought right here until after the break. Um, yep. I've seen several headlines going back to. I remember there was a lot of very weird continuation of government headlines that were pumped out. Uh, In in uh, his first term about assassination scenarios and all that I saw somebody just recently published something uh, About uh, what happens to Donald Trump if if he's killed in the middle of this next campaign or Newsweek I know Newsweek. so we're gonna do that in just a second ladies and gents don't go anywhere I mean, oh, yeah, you got to go somewhere follow us over to the uh, the foxhole link It's in the description (laughs) below or if that is if that click is too much you can go to right to quite frankly.tv. It's the same stuff. It's all pill. It's all powered by foxhole and pill.net. It is right there. Cozy. Cozy. Independent streaming. That's what we're doing tonight uh, for the second half. It is no paywall, no strings attached, no holds barred. It's just two quick clicks. And if you're on YouTube and Rumble and Rockfin, the links are right there in the description. Um, And again, this episode will be uploaded in its entirety later tonight on podcast, on Rumble, Rockfin, BitChute. But uh, as I always like to say, you know, there's nothing like live. And we got Rich Barris over here. We're going to finish up this thought and then get into some kookiness. So uh, don't go anywhere. Anywhere unless it's quite or pill.net. It's intermission time, folks. Time out to press the like button. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to intermission. We'll, we'll be right back.
1: Thank
0: Quite
1: frankly. Quite 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 frankly. We all support, quite frankly. Not quite. Quite frankly. Let's go brandon Quite frankly. in Roma Italia. Quite frankly. You're going on Frank's show tonight? I want to get a Coke. Can I get a Coke?
0: So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank, quite
1: frankly, How dare
0: you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back. I have a, a couple of super chats here, and Rich is here with me as well. Rich, how how are you feeling? Are you are you refreshed after that quick break?
1: I, I was. Did you like my quite frankly intermission dance you were in the back da- end? You
0: you you made me want to dance.
1: I'm it was... telling you, it was nice. I love that tune. I love that. Laura and I always the intermission dance.
0: I love it. Well, it's, it was. I think...
1: I'll do that at home. So I thought I'd show you real quick.
0: Now. Oh, good. Oh well, you have. We have to do is you have to set up like a ring cam or something in the corner of the living room. I want to see the whole family do it one night. <laughs> all right. Well, here's what we have. Nice. I'm going to save all the super chats until after Rich gets off with us in a little while. Here we have about 20 minutes or so, and I want to. First thing I want to do, Rich, before we get into some kooky stuff, is I want to ask you a, a more overarching question. We always add going back to what uh, someone like uh, Joe Biden says about polls don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. There will always be a market for what someone like you does, especially if you do it well, especially with organizations, whether they be political or non political, who want to know what real people are actually thinking and feeling about any issue, about products, about anything. Um, but as far as politics and government goes specifically, I do see how public polls. Uh, And I know that you're one you're you're one of a few really great characters out there that are trying to stand up for the industry for a really necessary uh, You know scientific method here and uh, and and bring some some dignity back to it But as far as politics and governments go these polls are mainly weapons used by people who care less and less about peacefully persuading voters to their cause and so my yeah. question is: Where do you see? How do you see? you could argue with that. I, you know. I, I, I mean, what, what is it really all at the? At, you're talking about peaceful persuasion. A, a a free nation that has representative government. You have candidates that go out there and are trying to persuade people to come and follow you based on what they're saying, weighing how that's going to, you know. And then every couple of years, you see, are they worthy of another go? I think peaceful persuasion is completely out the door. It is propaganda. It's manipulation. It is. Uh, it is. Uh, you know, um, disaster capitalism. It's really much what's, what's going on here. So I ask you, as one of the lone uh, lone figures in the woods trying to do a good job, how do you see your role evolving over the next five to ten years?
1: Well, I have optimism for one reason, and before I get into that, let me. Um, let me explain why. Why even do it? So uh, why I even ended up doing this in the first place? I did not want to use my talents or whatever you want to call them, uh, you know, for the financial industry again. And I think I fell in love with the idea George Gallup had for the role of polling. And we were talking about the social contract before, and I really do think that the the pollster is an important role in a self-governing society because they have to, somebody has got to tell uh, with some degree of confidence, right, what elected officials, you know, or tell elected officials what the population, what their constituents, uh, what they feel, what they want, what they desire, what they support, what they hate, what they oppose, what they fear, you know, and without that, you just have these like mini tyrants in elected office doing whatever the hell they want, Frank, mm-hmm. you know? And that is, that was George Gallup's vision. And I buy it hook, line and sinker. Call me an idealist, buddy, but I still do. Now, why do I have optimism? Because somebody the other day, and he may be listening, I don't know, but somebody uh, the other day is like a military analyst who uh, is a statistician. And he was looking at the Rust Bell poll and it was going through the maps and if you guys haven't seen it check it out you can go to the press releases and we're doing something no other pollster has ever done before you can literally go to the state of ohio on the map and see every single person we interviewed not who they are and we're not doxing their addresses but we are plotting their location on a map and you can hover over it look at all of their demographics all of the answers to their questions i really believe and he said, t- well, first of all, he told me, wow, you really outdid yourself with this. You know, this is this is over the moon. This is great. And we have plans to actually implement what we're doing with live caller and live polling, excuse me. So dots will pop up on the map. They'll be gray as people answer questions until they get to what candidate they support. That'll indicate, you know, that'll give that'll assign them whatever color they are. So, you know, if it's Trump v. Biden, they'll be red. Uh, once they answer that question, if they answer Trump, they'll be blue if they answer Biden or they'll be, you know, yellow if they answer Lars Mapstead or something, if he's the, you know, libertarian. That is the future. You cannot get away anymore with your crappy little two pages of PDFs, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I and, and the media claiming our poll says this because and that's it. Eventually, people like me and me, I mean, it's really me, but others will follow, Frank. They will. And they are. I can see some of them are following our lead. They will be basically shamed and embarrassed into following our lead. Our following is growing to the point where I am going to make it, and my followers who follow me, they're very smart, very bright people. They're going to make it so that people will ask themselves, why would i even believe this you know it's because i agree with you unfortunately it's true that a lot of polls are weaponized and polling information there's a lot of bad misinformation with polling in this election cycle and sadly most of it's coming from the right this time Mm. and it reminds me of 2012 the unskew the poll movement is has been revamped into unskew the polls 2.0 of course eight months ago they didn't have a problem with polls now they do um but eventually frank these people will not endure they will not survive people will seek out something that is transparent uh something that is um honest accurate and everyone else will just be a laughing stock whether they want to admit it or not like look everyone knows about my fight when nate's over who's still here and who's not you know so how did i beat this guy who had millions of dollars behind him he called me a fake he said i was faking stuff he banned me from his stupid little model right how did i outlive this guy how did i beat this guy how did i endure and he fail because i was honest and transparent and people will always hunger for that my friend
0: it's a great point
1: always hunger for that
0: it's a great point i i think i think um
1: an entire organization ESPN, Disney, the New York Times, beat them all, you know? That's just uh,
0: that's a, a standard, I guess, should just be applied across the board there. Um, I think about what we're doing right now with this, this show and other shows like it, and I guess... Why would that be any different for someone like you? It's the new media. That That's means right. that means it's it's yeah. it's it's parallel to everything that was and has become rotten, and uh, and this is just uh, we we don't have yes. the, the makeup, we don't have the blush and the lipstick, we don't have the high heels, we don't have the uh, the ten thousand dollar suits. We're just talking to you, and uh, and I think I think the, the the biggest part there is we'll show we you. We do have
1: the courtesy not to insult their intelligence. That's right. what we have.
0: Right. Well, and you know why, Rich? I think what is really going for. Us Especially someone like you, you have the resources and the tools to go out there and create models and talk to people and actually bring uh, actionable data to, to the public to ask their questions. To see where something is trending, and then ask questions and have conversations. Uh, someone like me, you know, I, I I have my opinions. I have I draw my own conclusions from time to time. But I think what uh, what people are really comfortable with right now, more than ever, is being able to tune into something that is new, that is fresh, that is uh, that is uh, is relaxed and is not pompous and and does not assume to Real. have all the answers. You know, to to, 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 to you know to sign in for a uh, a listening session on a talk show and not get any answers thrown at me but maybe just some better questions to ask and to and to talk about and th- i think that is just so much more enthralling because they literally every step of the way they they show that they prefer people being uh, essentially children babies feeding from the teat where you know don't worry about that don't let those questions bother you we'll we'll give you everything we're going to feed you the pablum people don't want the pablum anymore they want the steak and they want a glass of brandy they i mean they they just they want to to be adults again so i uh yeah i totally see how that applies to everybody including you so there you go great 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 answer um now let me ask you this uh do you think that web hubble is really uh chelsea clinton's father (laughs)
1: i know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, a lot of people in my family do i'll tell you that um you know the old timers yeah uh they do um look i wouldn't put anything past anybody i don't know you know i don't know that but i wouldn't put anything past anybody and for those who uh, you know out there who don't know this community of elitists you know this this ruling class they're a vile disgusting group of people and they have no loyalties to anyone but their own desires and instincts and 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 you know uh, aspirations so nothing would surprise me frank but i'm not an expert on it you know i've seen the side-by-side pictures who have who hasn't right but um i don't know brother i don't know i would nothing would shock me though no
0: nothing it wouldn't would. it wouldn't you know it, it wouldn't no. but, and, I, and i i do do i do believe that uh it is it is the truth I do believe
1: it's true. Looks a lot like him, man. She looks a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, here, now here's another question I have for you before we get into glitch, glitches in the Matrix. Yeah. Uh, how many third graders do you think that you can take in a street fight at once?
1: <laughs> They're coming yeah. at you. They're coming I, at you, Rich. Do you, there's no way to, to avoid this. I'm 42 now. I'm 42. So we have to ca- account for stamina. All right, I think you know, thirty-year-old Rich would have side kicked them seven days straight, you know, uh, <laughs> and would have had a lot of fun with it. But I'm getting a little older now. I can't. Have- Let's say they come at me in waves of ten. All right, per <laughs> ten per minute, and there's 60 minutes in an hour. I could take 600 in an hour. I think I could probably last for a few hours before going down.
0: Get out of here! <laughs> you think? You think? Okay, wait, wait. You think that you're going to? You're going? You're counting in hundreds?
1: Oh, for sure, Frank.
0: Okay, so you're, sure. you're, you're you're like my buddy. Matt. I'm a
1: good fighter. Matt. Very confident in my abilities. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank Matt. you,
1: by the way, to my female Krav maga instructor in the military. Uh, you know, she, I, I took god taekwondo i used to competitively kickbox and tie box before i even went into the army and then i met this woman who um i don't know what the israeli government was doing with her the israeli idf was doing with her uh but the army kind of you know borrowed her and assigned her that woman taught me how to eliminate movements you know in a fight like i would you would never believe you know so many movements are just unnecessary and you can so much energy by doing that um she was one wicked woman i mean she was she was amazing and uh, i'm glad i had the time that i had with her honestly wow she taught me a lot okay and i'm not even i'm not even ashamed to say that no nope. I mean, and by the way mr Hudak, you know she was fantastic uh you were the greatest teacher ever but um she was a different kind of teacher. I don't want I don't want my oh don't, I I don't want my mentor to be like, "You're giving some damn credit to some woman in the military I made you, you little bastard. Come see me. <laughs> Come see me." You, if you if you me listen to, to me, I,
0: you could have had a thousand third graders beaten up. Speaking
1: of the matrix, man, I remember when we were when I was young, he was the strongest, he wasn't a big guy, the strongest, the most the, the fastest um, one of the most skilled fighters I, I've ever come into contact with. And speaking of the Matrix, I mean, these kids, third graders, you know, I was the only competitive fighter in the school that was full contact competitive, and they used to come and watch us all the time because, you know, they got to watch people really hit each other, you know. And we used to fight like that, uh, obviously in training. And it, you know, it was it was like the Matrix back then, Frank. It really was. Wow. I missed twenty. I miss twenty-two-year-old Rich. Well, yeah, fast. <laughs>
0: at, now twenty years later, uh, all you can do is take out a measly six hundred eight year olds, and you you've you've really fallen off. I don't I know. <laughs> I don't, well, you got a lot of confidence. I'm like that, and I'm sure that Laura feels very, very secure in her home there. So that
1: she's telling me it's time to teach the kids. Actually, I think they're a little young and immature. This, you know, this generation. I also don't think that kids take their father as seriously as they would take. A third-party teacher, you That's know, true. Um, I, I really do. I, I believe it wholeheartedly, and I have obviously, you know, started with them. But I do think they would, they would develop better in the hands of somebody else, Frank. I, I, I really do.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think about that too, especially, especially if uh, Aurora ever wanted to even just do something like baseball. I mean, I've been, I've been, co- I've coached baseball yeah. for uh, sixteen years. Man, I could definitely. Give her all the instructions she needs, but how seriously is she going to take the guy that she treats That's like a right. dog in the living room and has me uh, eating from bowls, saying you're a doggy now, daddy? And uh, you know, so I, yep. I, I we'll see, we'll see what happens there. But um, as far as uh, fighting goes, I already know, a, I know a couple of play. The big thing with her is she has to learn how to use a firearm and then there's going to be other things to do as well we did
1: that we yeah we've been through that i mean my son's 14 now you know my daughter's 12. um he started young i remember when i got him a little cricket you know a little 22 cricket mm-hmm. and because he would go out there and they would keep him the one the range we would go to was indoors um and they didn't allow it because it'll let in the air you know th- that much for if you were under i think 13. Uh, So we would go early, and they would open it up for us. Unfortunately, some nutcase came in, and by the way, a liberal, some nutcase came in and started shooting the place up and then killed himself. So they no longer allowed me to bring my kid in there. Uh, That made news. I don't know if people can kind of figure out where that happened, but Hmm. uh, they shut that puppy down after a while. It didn't matter if we came early or not. They weren't going to let him in there. We've we've been through that. They're both very... um, Proficient, but also respectful of firearms. Um, but they need to learn. I'm not just talking about basic defense. They have got to learn how to defend themselves. Um, can, you know, it, it, in a at another level, at yeah. another level. Because I used to think before I started with, again, that guy I just referenced who so I really think, think took me to another level. I thought it was a tough kid back then. You know, i was in a lot of street fights i was from bad you know part of town uh being not being a big guy and i'm not talking about like buff i mean like you know not being a big tall imposing guy those are the guys who have to fight where i'm from the big guys don't have to frank you know yeah um i thought i could take a hit i thought i could uh, do some damage and this guy just showed me that some stuff that is incredible you know that uh, looks like it comes from the movies is in fact real. And that if you come across one of these guys, they will whoop your, you know what I mean? Until, and and I just, I mean, I was hooked. I did not want to be one of those guys. That's actually how I ended up. Um, in that, what I did in the military—that's that's how it happened. See, I like
0: these—I uh, like these uh, these backstory moments. I'm glad I brought yeah. this up because I like all the rich Barris backstories. Because you know, for most people yeah. who just do who watch your work unfold on screen, uh, you're a mild-mannered guy who catches uh, you know catches fire from time to time that uh, you'd never expect could uh, could break your neck. In, uh, in, and <laughs>
1: so Laura just said, "That's why I married him." In the other room, <laughs> that's it. Uh, you know, there is something to that. I think that's it's, pre- it's pretty sad for ladies these days who have to deal with some of these beta guys. I don't, you know, that's not really, uh, that's not really safety. Uh, but it, when I was when I was that young, after nine eleven, I did have a fire under me, and I did want to do something, but uh my hand instructor because for people who've ever kickboxed or tie box you know most of the fight is actually about knocking somebody out with your fist right so you wear them down with your legs you're not going to do you know you're not john claude van damme you're not going to do three spinning roundhouse kicks or three spinning outside crescent kicks or something to kick somebody and knock them out that's just not how real fights work Um, you use them, keep your distance, use kicks to keep your distance, to wear them down, you know, to, to, to to slow their breathing, kicking them in the rib cage. If you, you know, over the course of time in rounds, um, but I had a boxing coach and, you know, I guess I'll just go in on this, um, yeah, my overall instructor was my overall instructor, but my hands instructor was a guy named Jim Watson. And he was the son for you, you like, you real fans of, of special operations out there. He was the son of James Patches Watson, the one of the first Navy SEALs ever. And he was SEAL Team 2 as opposed to seal team one who was rick marcinko but because they were time difference in coronado they were technically sworn in as seals before rick was Hmm. which they always he's dead unfortunately uh patches is is gone now um but they you know i guess he made some whispers to his dad and he was and and his dad still ran around trying to look for people to go to buds and um that's how it happened and he he was look you gotta come out here and see this kid because he's got family in the army, he might he might end up joining the damn army or something. And I I wasn't I was going to until they did speak to me about buds. Um, and then George Bush opened up the 18x-ray program. And because I didn't want to be an infantry soldier and wait to do something more exceptional, uh, I was leaning to buds because you can go off the street into basic underwater demolitions if you want. You back then in the army, you could not just apply or join special operations uh you had to be something and then uh, yeah you had to get in there and then apply for SFAS and if you made it you made it but then last minute frank right before the paperwork uh i remember the recruiter going don't go to don't go in the navy don't go in the navy uh, there's this new program called 18 ray and uh, that's how it went and because my grandfather was in the army my godfather was like an early lerp in korea which was a big deal it's like an early predecessor to i guess what a what a what a ranger bat is now you know something yeah very close to that so i had a family connection to it plus i did um okay here we use this word i did identify more oh with the concept of the oppressor labir and yeah. then then running in and murking someone and leaving you know what i mean like I wanted to teach people how to fight and defend themselves, and then you know, that's what being—you know—that's that's the difference. Wow! Um, but jeez. I like this. This is this this is uh no, this is great. You, she wants me. To, she comes barging in to tell me to me, tell me to make sure. You know what, Laura? We'll leave that to the matrix part of the. The episode. Well, and hey, you want to talk I mean, about the Matrix. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Well, there's going to be there's a lot there. Well, obviously we have a lot more to talk about with this because I have questions just about the uh, the the X the AX. I want to talk about the X rays and now you know you yeah. so you you never did underwater uh, the demolition. You were thinking about it.
1: No, I went into the army instead. Okay. All right. Um, well, they. Yep.
0: Uh, either I way wish,
1: uh, you know uh, if i never you know it's a long thing going I, I don't i don't talk about it that often i don't talk about it that much um, frankly it's quite underwhelming compared to some of the stuff uh other people have done but had i you know I, I knew guys that like we called it the tower of power and they would go in they would get a special forces tab obviously you had to do airborne maybe they'd go to ranger school just to get the tab you don't end up in a ranger battalion but it's called the tower of power and then i knew a guy um who was a bit of a mentor as well i don't know what i would have done without him because when i got hurt i was going down i just it was a bad time thank god for him um yeah i mean this guy like left the army went to buds became a seal left the left the navy came back and went went back into uh, you know an oda which is an operation detachment alpha yep uh for green berets and then he ended up as liaison uh and his job was mainly to tell new 18 x-rays what the gig was all about and what it was going to be frank and then it's like look if you just want to stay in the 82nd airborne or you want to go into the third infantry division or something now would be a good time to let us know because you could get selected and really hate your life. hmm You're not gonna be around a lot. You know, and he wasn't mean. You know, it wasn't like the movies, like um, you know, like G. I. Jane. You know, it's totally it's a different atmosphere when it comes we to had, the army.
0: You know, we had yeah. a we had a um well, I, I don't know if they're still working together, or at least these same guys, but we had an ODA watching this show overseas. Had a uh, a patron who was um, who was uh, out, out there doing work. Obviously, never knew about where they were or what they're doing, but we'd get really great pictures from out. Uh, the, the That's ho- cool, man. Holding holding up the quite frankly picture
1: somewhere overseas in That's the desert awesome. somewhere. Oh yes, I know. I it's the it, it's, I can't tell you how much you must entertain those guys, Frank. I mean, I. I, it, I have to it, I cannot tell you how how much something like that, like listening to your show um is a boost you know i i just can't we didn't have that you know where a lot of people listen to rush you know would get like rush or something but we didn't have the ability to just go on our phone and turn on quite frankly uh it must be something
0: it yeah, it, it cool. was a lot it was really amazing to to start seeing that part of the audience you know present itself people who are i mean we have a we have amazing aviators that watch the show i have a my friend rick is a 747 pilot he's going to be on the show sometime in 2024 he listens as you know he's flying over the i don't know he's flying through an aurora borealis and uh, you know who who the oh, hell knows it's awesome i know I, I i can't wait to have him on anyway we're talking about, um, the one thing I actually want to bring him on and talk about is his UFO experiences. What do you see up there uh, so high up in the sky? He saw something? Well, I, he says he's seen uh, quite a few things he cannot explain.
1: They're afraid to report it, Frank. They don't want to report it. And these guys are the most credible witnesses because nobody knows the skies better than they do. They know what the hell they're looking at. They know that's not SpaceX, you know, or some ridiculous ex- explanation. They know what they're looking at but it's not just
0: about i think at this point everybody is willing to say all right all right whatever the hell we're fed something 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 is behind the scenes something that people who are supposedly working for us uh, has something behind the scenes that we can't explain, and if they were to show it to us, we would think that it was all it was off-world technology or it was just downright magic. But it was really just advanced technology we are completely ignorant about. So the the real question is, are we talking about non-human intelligences, whether it be yeah. intra or extra-dimensional or intergalactic or whatever the hell it is? Or are we talking about just secret programs that have long, long hidden histories and and uh, and all that stuff? What you described once was like a you you saw something the size of several football fields go warp, which I think is uh, yeah that's that's incredible to have something that just big.
1: for the audience we got to say this so I don't look I sound like a nut here I subjected myself and you guys maybe have seen it but I did this on purpose when I wanted you know this is when this issue was being really brought to the forefront a tip had just been uh revealed or recently had been revealed there was a report out from the government saying look of these uh that we studied we were only to explain away two um i subjected myself to the behavior panel for people who've never seen that show or they're on uh the news a lot these guys are going on the news and like uh you know i uh, analyzed somebody who's doing a debate or something it was greg hartley and scott and uh they're all were there it was like three or four of them so you have to recount the story and then they will pepper you like you're under cia interrogation trying to see if you're, it's like a human lie detector almost frank they'll also study your prior um appearances public appearances and speech patterns to see whether or not they indicate some kind of deception or right right and i did that when i kind of like whatever you want to call it came out as like you know uh uh a uap witness or ufo witness and i'm telling you frank first of all they, they they all said that i was not lying and my entire family was there i mean this is my entire family was there this is not something that was like a mass hallucination event what i saw was not some shiny thing that went through the sky could it have been a meteor is there like this you know, Operation Paperclip, you know, saucer-like craft that the government's unmanned, you know, but controlling through a remote or whatever from Nevada, a desert in Nevada. Like they do drones. No, 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 no. Folks, what I saw was something totally different. Um, it was massive. And what it did when, when it um, left... Uh, Yeah, Greg Hartley and Scott Scott Roos. uh, Yeah, who it is, by the way. For yes. So let me ask you: when Um, you
0: you hear this guy rush uh, or grush. Going before? Do you have uh, limited hangout vibes coming from him, or do you think that this is, in some way, shape, or form, completely legitimate? Or uh, what kind of purpose do you think all this testimony is serving? He was just on Rogan recently. I'm going to bring it up soon with the. uh,
1: Are you going to play something? Well, no, no,
0: no, I'm uh, not going to play anything. I want to get into uh, because I'm. I want to shift from UFOs to just glitches because all this stuff kind of really. It really relates to almost like there being a ripple or 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 a tear in what we see as normal everyday mundane reality. For you to look up and see almost like a a a craft the size of a small city in the sky and then take off at unbelievable speeds is that's something that challenges your entire perception of reality. I'm sure. Oh my God! I mean, whether because it it does not matter at that point if it is man-made or if it is. Uh, non-human intelligence made you had just seen something that you knew five minutes before it was impossible
1: frank i exploited all avenue it broke my mind it did i called mufon i'm in their database and my sighting is actually in their record and they talk about interactive maps they have one and um it turns out quite a few of these have been seen in and around that area there's an airport there, there's Eglin Airfield there. So I explored every possibility. I exploited relationships I had, you know, with people. Um, I know guys left and went to Delta. I had made a joke with one of them when I was in the military, that, You know, it's funny, because you know, I, I got hurt. I didn't make it as far along as he did, uh, or as long in service as he did. And he winds up going to this like obscure, um, this obscure unit within Delta. And I remember us together, uh saying you know what would be the ultimate goal here so we do 10 years on an ODA and we get plucked from this really black op like you know um aircraft or unknown aircraft retrieval program and it was kind of like a dream a joke between you know between the two of us yeah and he had wound up doing some real black op stuff and I mean I'm telling you I explored every potential thing to try to explain this away and I got I got no sufficient. I I got no satisfactory answers, and the answers that I did get really were, that's not us. We can't do that. And one of the things that um, really was convincing to me was the size, Frank, I mean the size, and then how it left. I mean, I would not put it past us that we're working on some kind of technology that is a kind of like a camouflage that cloaks light or bends light over an object i really think we're probably pretty close to doing stuff like that and we yeah. don't tell people this was different brother i this know is something else and then to cloak something that large frank and then end up gone a pinpoint in the sky you know
0: it's it, it if really somebody's
1: got an explanation fine exactly don't tell me it was a damn b2 bomber don't tell me it was some stealth program Kiss my butt. I knew about stealth helicopters before any of you heard about the Osama bin Laden raid, okay? I'm very open to what we can and cannot do because I knew about things long before any of you ever did. That's not what I saw. What I saw was and it made no sound. No sound. How does something that big not make any sound? It was it wasn't even silence. It was like the absence of anything. No birds were chirping. It was Frank. It was crazy. Just See, crazy. That, this I is wish what everyone could have enjoyed and shared an experience with me. I yeah,
0: really do. I know, and and I uh, I always I often wonder about what this means on the greater uh, on a greater level. Where beyond the technology, what about the platform? Now, when I say the platform, I mean what about our. This, whatever, this consciousness, our earth, uh, our life, the the entire, the entirety of nature itself, I consider that like the, the, the actual platform for the computer, for the, the computer, for the program. You know, it, it's one thing to see something inside of the video game you never seen, seen before, but what is it telling you about the unknown Nature of the actual nature itself of, of the platform of the operating system itself above earth Consciousness all that stuff. Maybe it's just it goes beyond what kind of you know from from a uh, an engineering standpoint what kind of a machine you can create that you never could have conceived of Years before that, that technology continues to grow and develop, and you innovate and all that. But beyond physical innovation of a technology, what about the operating system allows for things like disappearing to, to take place? I know that's just reflection of light, but what if it's just something else? I want to know. Uh, just oh, for example, it's the same reason why when we do out of body experience shows, and um, and well, we're talking about.
1: Which I studied, by the way. I got Dude, into this. That in itself. Yeah, it, we've that, talked that. about this, you and I. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's an example. Yeah. It's an example of there is something more to the mechanics, but the clockwork. You you, you you remove the facing of the clock and you're seeing what actually makes it work. There ha- there's something more to the to the gears behind the face of the clock here. That's what these these stories tell me. I'm gonna read one or two just regular glitch stories for you because you you've already spent so much time with me tonight. I want to get one of these on. Listen to this. Here is a um here is a submission from uh Kill All the Extremists. Said uh <laughs> Said, sounds great said <laughs> i've i've related this story before uh but here it goes the parallel universe answering machine this happened about 15 years ago it happened about 15 years ago i called my friend up and he wasn't home so i left a message on his answering machine i said hey it's me so and so sorry i missed you i'll call you later bye and then i hung up and left the house. I made no other calls. Later that day, he called me back. He said, wow, that was quite a message you left. Who was that girl you were talking to? I was like, who are you talking about? I wasn't talking to any girl. Well, as it turns out the message didn't end after I said bye. I had to go over to his house and listen to the message a few times after my initial message that I did leave, as I quoted above, there was a slight pause and it continues on for another 30 to 40 seconds or so with me talking to some girl. It was my voice, but a conversation I never had with a girl whose voice I didn't recognize. You could compare it to the message I know I did uh, you can compare it to the message I know I did leave. And the two voices were indistinguishable, not just the voice, but, you know, the talking mannerisms, the, the, the cadence. It was my voice. Also, references to my occupation and activities were the same. Basically, in this conversation, I was talking to this girl about going skiing, but I had to go down to my shop and work on a car first, which totally correlated to me. Then the message just stopped. It was recorded on one of those digital answering machines that recorded the message to a chip, so there was no tape I could have taken to had analyzed, unfortunately. Also, neither I nor my friend had party lines, so that was not an ex- explanation. It was very <laughs> freaky. Party lines. Yeah, I, I can't explain it. So pretty much the TLDR is, I may have connected to an alternate universe through a telephone answering machine. That's one glitch in the matrix I had collected over here, Rich.
1: You know the the human mind is a very powerful thing you know i can't say i had any um significant experiences like that you know that were out there like that uh but my son he's 14 now just this past weekend it asked me you know he had deja vu and he's been having deja vu and he remembers when he was younger he's like i think i had deja vu a lot more when i was younger is what you know first of all what is it and why does it seem like I had, I just, I recently had it, but it reminded me I haven't had it in a long time. And I, I used to have it. Why is it appear when you're younger, you have more instances of deja vu, is then when you get old, you start to lose it. And he asked me, when was the last time you had deja vu? And the truth is, Frank, I don't really know. You know, I remember feeling like I had it younger. Uh, the, the human mind is a really powerful, uh, experience. And I remember you talking about, and when we were talking about getting ready for the show, I remember you asking, and I, there is one time where I, I think I have an experience where I can, you know, I don't know if it it, it exactly qualifies for this, but Laura and I, we, we were young. We were two of my friends, one has since passed. We were fishing and it had been uh, raining a lot and that part of the river was pretty nasty. You know, the 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 current was strong. And they used to stock uh, walleye and trout and stuff. So we would go and um, fish when they would stock and then hopefully get something. It, it wears down pretty quick because a lot of these people will go and fish, fish it out. So you, you have to go deeper and deeper into, you know, non civilization, a uh, more uncivilized areas to be able to find where some of these, you know, stock trout would go and hide and, um, you know, some of the deeper pools upriver or something anyway. I remember the the it was really nasty. The side of the bank of the river was really muddy and slippery. And one of the friends that I had with us um, was, I don't know, you know, he's not a city slicker. He, his family, like mine, did come from New York, but he had been living in suburbia a while, but not exactly a kid who knows, how you know, they, intimately what it's like to be dirty and outdoors. Anyway, he got spooked. We went a little bit too close to the edge, and... He he, uh, he gave me up. I don't know how else to put it. I mean, I'm not saying, he got scared, so I never really held it against him. But in order to regain his balance so he did not fall into the nasty, scary water below. And again, the current's moving quick. It's, it's not, it's scary. Mm-hmm. He pushed me to regain his footing, right? And to be able to stabilize himself so he could get back up where it was muddy and slippery. But he, Frank. He, I mean, he pushed me to be able to do it, to create an opposite reaction. And I knew I was going in, or I knew I was going over. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to think. And there was a tree that was growing like uh, on a forty-five, maybe degree angle, coming off of this, um, this riverbed. And I, I knew I was going in. I didn't think for a second. In a moment, I, I. I I felt like I had done this before and it was going to be okay. Hmm. And I jumped instead of doing what most people would do, which is hope and make this futile effort to stay on the side of the riverbank and regain my footing and not fall into the water. I just accepted it and felt as if I have done this and I'm capable of doing this and I did something that was just completely miraculous. And thank God, cause it looked really hot in front of Laura. <laughs> I jumped off the river, man. I just jumped, I took a plunge, man. And I grabbed because the, the tree was kind of growing like this and the branches were pointing down because it was weird. You know, trees grow toward light and it's trying to bend and twist. It was a really weird looking tree. And I just jumped and I I I grabbed one of those branches which gave way. So I went down into it, you know and then popped back up a little bit. And I shimmied up this branch. It was cracking underneath me as I was shimmying up until I finally got to the thicker, more secure part, you know, of a trunk on this tree that would hold me and hold my weight. And then I just, you know, kind of stomach shimmied all the way back to the riverbank.
0: So you were you were In over you were over second, the you were uh, uh, just um you were over the rushing river at that point. You were just suspended oh, by the wide
1: wood. over it, brother. Yeah. I mean, like wide over it. It was not good you know I mean if you went in the, and it was cold really cold at that point so uh you know it would not have been fun and I was over it yeah over it Frank so and you know most people would have would have just kind of like tried to claw and hold on and then would have just slid down and went in and I said the hell with this I'm leaping for it and I just something made me feel like I swear I heard a little voice which was my own voice that was like you got this. You can do this. Hmm. You totally can, you know, and but not you can do it because have confidence in yourself, Richie. I felt like I had already relived that decision, you know, and and I could do it, and I knew I could do it. I was 100% certain, and I did it, and it was crazy, and you should have seen the look on everybody's faces when I got down that tree and back on the bank. <laughs> Everybody was stunned at what they just witnessed. You know, who the hell would jump? What about You the, know, and I decided to just go. Any just any apologies?
0: Any 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 hey you know, any I'm sorry I pushed oh, yes. you. Yes. I'm sorry. You yeah. know, it was just it was reflex. I you know
1: panic. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. And he was like, look, you're more outdoorsy than me and I just thought, you know, you would be okay and I was scared and I'm sorry. And and I again I di- I didn't he was my best friend actually for many many years. I did not hold it against him even though, you know, later Laura and I went home to my house and we were like, "What a weenie. He sacrificed you to the river gods." Oh you gosh. know, you pulled you pulled yourself out of the river god sacrifice. Um, but I didn't really hold it against him. He was incredibly apologetic. He was scared, Frank. I saw the look on his face, you know. I saw how afraid he was. And when he was a little bit closer, um, to you know I was closer to the river than him he was higher up I could see this the fear on his face and I could see the moment he made the decision to push me I could see it in his face so Laura, so Laura just came in Laura just came in she's hearing me tell you this story she's like <laughs> she's, snorting, she's laughing so hard she, he, everyone could like he made that decision like look I'm sorry but it isn't going to be me you know and and not today yeah, and he just gave me a shove and i and i was and i just accepted it but i'm telling you at that moment the rest of the world was gone and it was like 20 30 feet down frank i mean it was up there oh gee, okay i didn't you know? know that 20, yeah it was 20. bad frank it was bad
0: Oh, okay. That's a, that's a whole different ball of wax right there.
1: It was up. Frank, we were trying to get to a spot where we could cast, like, and fish and sit. It was not the the part where we just sat and squatted and started throwing, like, flies. Like, that's not, you know, it, we were up on this really nasty, rugged, un, unoccupied area. It was a straight cliff. Hmm. And he pushed me, uh, and and I saw that tree, and it was just me and myself, but I'm telling you, it was like I knew I could do it. Like I felt like in some other—I don't know what to call it—some other version of reality. I already made all of the possible decisions. You downloaded and it. I assessed that that was the right one, and I knew I could do it. Yeah, you—that you,
0: was like that was an instant download. You want to talk about the Matrix? You, like an
1: instant—it was like yeah. that's right—an instant exactly download what I'm trying, of, of skill. I'm trying to express this, yes, it was like an instant download where I. I did an instant download, and I determined that this was the best possible course of action. Yeah. And that's and i you know and I did it. You know. And you this just, is how it ends up if I fight it. This is how it This is how it ends up if I jump, but I don't really commit. This is how it ends up if I just commit and go for that branch. And that's what I did. And well, I almost look like friggin' Spider-Man, dude. I, it was I, I, crazy. yeah. It was and I'm glad crazy. you did.
0: Do you think about all the things that lead us from? point A to point B and all the things that could have knocked us off along the way. I'm glad, Rich, as I usually am when I have conversations with this with people, I'm glad that you and I are talking together tonight, and I'm sure Laura is too. But um, how about this? I'm going to do. I'm gonna read through I want to let you go because you already spent so much time with me. Why don't you let, me, let everybody know um, what you got coming up next. I've got your locals yeah. link in the description of the episode. What do you got coming up next? And then I'm going to do a couple more Matrix stories and all of the super chats
1: on the other end of this. Yeah, because of kids, Minnesota was a little bit late, but locals, you know, Minnesota's up next. Uh, it was, it, it really is basically done. I just have to write the press release uh, and that will be coming out. Um, and then after that is uh, Wisconsin. I'm just gonna break my butt and get it out because Wisconsin's scheduled out for tomorrow. So uh, they'll, they'll follow each other one right after the other. And we have a lot more coming though, Frank, after that. We're gonna do, I thought because this is such a big uh, study, and there isn't, you know, it's not typical Rust Belt poll. This is a huge sample because we're trying to get a large sample in every state or an adequate too large sample in each state. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to explain to people because of the study that came out maybe what, two weeks ago now, what multi-level regression post stratification is, and we can use what we have gathered from all of these states to apply it. How would certain areas around that uh, that region vote based on what we know about the population of those people? There's a lot going on. Uh, so it would be really cool. Locals, you're, you know, you're spot on right. is the best place to follow us, com. And before I go, I want to show you guys something that I think is going to creep you out right? since we're talking about the matrix here. Okay, mm-hmm. Frank? Okay. You guys will never have to worry about another COVID, all right, because I, I caught the spirit of Dr. Fauci, and I put him in a Christmas doll.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's, it's Anthony Fauci.
1: Wave, Anthony. Wave, what Anthony. You, oh. I said Wave. I can't wait. I hope I'm going to take good care of our friend Anthony, and I'm going to make sure that he's going to pay for what he did to (laughs) us. Tell me this doll does not look like Anthony Fauci.
0: Uh, Rich, I was going to say, I hope that you have a very secure locked trunk that you put that thing in every night. Uh, I wouldn't even want that in the same house as me.
1: Listen, before all of this happened, I thought he was the most magical little thing in the world. And then Laura was like, I think he's creepy. And then, of course, COVID happened. I got him from Hobby Lobby years ago. And we have a little version of him, too. He's Jingle. The little guy's name is Bam. Jingle Bam. All right. And I'll be damned if this guy does not look like Anthony Fauci. So to leave you with the creepiest thing in the world, tell me this guy is not
0: Oh. oh! 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 I know! Oh! I know! Oh! He's looking out for the best interest of the whole household. I'm sure. Well, th- th- thank you, Rich, and thank you, uh, creepy uh, the Fauci elf. We hope I don't know when the first Monday of uh, the last Monday of December is, but uh, oh, 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 that's Christmas. Oh, that's Christmas. Oh, we'll have to figure something we'll out. We'll figure out Christmas. Yeah, yes. maybe, maybe maybe the twenty-seventh or the twenty-eighth. And twenty-seventh is my mother's birthday. Maybe the twenty
1: eighth. Who knows? We're gonna it, do the Christmas poll, so let's talk about that because we're gonna it's a national poll, but then of people who tell us they celebrate Christmas, we ask a bunch of cool fun questions. Oh, oh, do when when is yeah, that then? Yeah, yeah. And you know, do you uh prefer which one do you prefer? A real tree or a fake tree? If they say a real tree, what's their favorite kind of tree? If they can identify one do you believe that um you know this was the birth of christ right because you'd be surprised how many people tell us frank i celebrate christmas but i don't think it's the birth of christ or i don't celebrate it as the birth and same thing with easter i celebrate easter but i don't believe it's the resurrection and it's like what the hell are you celebrating easter for i mean but a lot of fun questions a lot of interesting questions uh, you would love it so when is let, that going to be completed we'll talk about it
0: when do you have, when will when, when will you have that completed by
1: right before Christmas usually around December 21st or something like that we well, try to get it done maybe when we do it
0: maybe thir- yeah, maybe cool. Thursday if you have the data for Thursday the 21st or uh maybe even Friday the 22nd the last show of the before Christmas break
1: is that your last show before the break
0: well yeah because you know then we then it's Saturday the 23rd the 24th 20 I'm taking the 26th off so I won't be back on until that Wednesday uh maybe yeah. that's yeah no Saturday the 23rd I won't be on that's that's uh that's a couple, There's a bunch of things going on. but So either Thursday, the 21st, or the 22nd. That would be great to have you on with, with uh, that poll your right there. Your
1: favorite version of Scrooge? What's your favorite version of The Christmas Carol? Is it uh, Alistair? Alistair uh, Sim. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, we, we've we done a lot of uh, really cool stuff in the past. I hope to do some newer stuff, but it always is fun to see if anything's changed yes. over the time. You, know? well, and then, you, you know, would love it, Frank, because I know you appreciate that stuff.
0: Absolutely, I will. I, I would. And then uh, the last week of Christmas, uh, the last week of uh, December, right after Christmas, that is when all the other uh, year-in-review stuff that we do and other yeah. people do, there's a tremendously uh, hilarious and sad year-in-review that is published, I think, every year. I have to go look for it in particular. Uh, there's someone who does, who compiles all the medical data uh, from ERs all across wow. the country of the different types of things that people had stuck up their ass for the year. That they Oh, co- my God! Yeah. I
1: thought you were going to do something else with, like, the the jab or something
0: no 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 the people's
1: the hamsters it's more so there's
0: there's the people like lamps like lamps and shit
1: oh my god stuff stuff that have stuff that that broke off
0: (laughs) i i'm telling you i'm telling you man this is where we're at right now freaky
1: freaky country frank
0: we're a freaky species but i'll talk to you soon rich (laughs) thank you so much and, and uh send all the best to laura as well
1: Absolutely. Right back to you and yours. Frank, hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, and I'll see you soon. Same to you. Take care. There you go. We
0: had a lot of, uh, that is some overtime with Rich. Usually, it's a nice hour. He did the whole show with me tonight. Am I grateful? Yes. Why, indeed, I am. So, it's 8.53. 8.53. We're going to be doing a little bit of overtime. Now, I have a rumble rant or two. I have, quite frankly, superchat.com, and I've got your gold pills. Ladies and gentlemen, you still have time to send gold pills over. Over there on quitefrankly.tv, on foxhole net. All the links have been out there. I hope wherever, however you click through, you're having a good time with us live for the second half. So, um... Send some gold pills with some last-minute thoughts. We're going to do that right now. But first, I'm going to read you another glitch in the Matrix. In fact, I might have to bring this up again um, because I want to hear your glitches in the Matrix as well. Driving home on a storm. This is from Mark of Shame. Driving home on a storm day, I see that a side road up the local golf course is blocked off by flashing barricades. I also spy a Mercedes parked past the barricades with its hazards on the hazard lights. I stop and walk up to the car to see if they need help. I'm an EMT, so I just jumped into action. I shine my light on the back seat to see a man slumped over, apparently asleep. Thinking I've got a few drunks, I move up to the driver window and wrap on the glass and shine my light in. The driver is sitting bolt upright, upright, 90 degrees, unmoving, staring straight ahead. My window... My window wrapping, or light, does not cause him to blink, flinch, or move. I look over and the passenger is slumped forward onto the dash. This begins to creep me out. I call down to the sheriff's station and request a code 2. That's no lights or siren. I walk code 2 unit up to my, uh, my location to help me check them out. The doors are locked. While on the phone, I walk back to my truck to get my go bag. As I'm on the phone with dispatch, she asks me to get a license plate number for the car just as, a, as, uh, as PG&E, the power company. The cherry picker truck comes rumbling down from across the closed road. I move to go around the truck to get the plate number and the car is gone. The car with the three comatose men inside. I talked to the driver of the truck and he said that there was an 80-foot tree down across the road and that he didn't think it would be open for a day or so. So the question is, where the hell did the car go? The tree up one way, the barricades down the other. It's kept me a bit unsettled when stopping at accidents and hazards ever since." Wow. Uh, I mean that's, you want to talk about a glitch in the Matrix something uh, glitching out. I mean, the the first thing that we all have, the deja vu feeling uh, from the Matrix movie was, of course, the black cat. The black cat seeing it go by twice. What the hell was that? There's a little bit of a lag. What cut in? What disrupted the programming? What disrupted the programming? So I have uh, plenty of this I want to bring up. Uh, especially over the coming weeks, when we have guests on like a- a- Ashton Forbes and things like that, and we're going to we're going to talk about uh, maybe secret technology, the uh, the Malaysian Flight 370, and who knows what else. I still have to get Timothy Alberino back on, so I want to talk about things like this. So we're setting a foundation one way or another. But maybe um, maybe on Friday we can do a little bit more of your glitches in the Matrix. And perhaps I will start a thread so we can collect them from now until then. But uh, let me go to your super chats. Nine two five Wild G on Rumble says Guy Fox stay salty. Couple more over here from nine two five says the social compact seized a thousand times over the Leviathan has become nothing but a parasite. Gum Gum says don't hate commies, love them little, love them big, love them a stinking pig. Love them like a stinking pig. Well, there's one for you. I never heard that one before. Thank you, Gum Gum. Deep Center Press says, enjoy Rich and his better half. We are down to the final year of the First Republic. That's my call. 2025, we best start anew and clean house in D.C. Just wonder if that's even achievable, assuming we win in November. That right there, Deep Center, is exactly the kind of thing that I'm going to want to record uh in that last week of december that's what i'm going to want to see that we are down to the final year of the first republic that's my call 2025 we best start anew how do you house clean how do you house clean in dc and remember 435 house representatives 100 senators i understand the 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 makeup of the senate Two from each state, I understand that we should get i would well part of the house cleaning should be repealing the seventeenth amendment, but also remember four hundred thirty five random men and women from across a country of fifty sovereign states and three hundred thirty million people that we can account for is not representative government it's not representative government so until we get that to actually reflect what the Constitution recommends which would bring us up to about 11,000 house representatives and figure out a way to actually get there. Yeah, I've heard people say hey, this is a great way that the uh, the blockchain can come into effect. highly secure Mm -hmm. Highly secure, this and that. Maybe that's how we can get different regions voting on bills and all that stuff. But they like it, 435. It's a lot easier to twist 435 arms in one direction or another and make things happen that are not allowed to happen. Man, oh, man. That would be something, wouldn't it? All right, thank you, Deep Center Press. Let's go over to, let me put some, uh, let me see, where are you? Oh, here we go and that's uh, yeah okay so that's it from rumble rants we had a couple of rumble rants tonight that's very nice thank you guys and gals so much can't wait to be on there again tomorrow and kick this all off quite frankly superchat.com we have a few over here that i want to read first one is from stow stoob says great monday night hope all are well would love if quite frankly fan the family can keep a friend's a friend's granddaughter Esmeralda in their prayers for us. She's recovering from a surgical procedure at a, uh, as, as a very young newborn age after health. Oh, wait, at, at a very young newborn age after a health incident. Thank you, Frank. Oh, absolutely. All we know about her is Esmeralda. And I, I hope... I, I really pray everything's all right. And uh, just putting that out there. Keep Esmeralda. Friend of Christos and Sarah the Stubes, in Massachusetts. Hope she's all right. Uh, Jay Britt says another great show, Frank. I love rich, comfy night with all the Franklies. Yes, it was very comfy. Valuna says, how old are you in that age advanced photo, Frank? Oh, I don't know. I just go into face app and I say old and I have to imagine I'm in my late 70s and I'm also deadening my face. Staring blankly, leaving my mouth open, so I look like I, I'm, I'm looking like haggard, and I think it's funny. Here's my super chat for your copy of Mario Puzo's The Godfather. That is right, at the end of this week, on December first, we are doing a drawing from all the quite frankly superchat.com super chats, and uh, somebody is going to I think this somebody's going to win Matt's um, national service alerts. What he would send out to people through text message if he had control of the national service alerts Also, the godfather on the inside has already been inscribed That's uh, an inscription an inscription from Aurora. I walked over to her and she was just writing away Diligently she had something to say and she's writing on the inside and uh, so I So there she's already I had to point to it Aurora Oh my baby did this mm. Oh anyway we'll give that away later on in the week. Who's this? Uh, gay juanilla I guess I guess that's supposed to be Bizarro J Gulanello <laughs> uh, says I recommend to all my patients a fat-free high-carb diet of mostly cereals, breads and pasta. be vegan or you're super gay. That was your pepperoni health minute featuring Jay, uh, gay juanella juanella. Your pepperoni health minute See that's the thing that he would he'd probably say wait a minute wait a second I'm I don't I, I like that pepperoni. It would have to I like the it, it rolls off the tongue well. The pepperoni health minute. it rolls off the tongue well but pepperoni is actually a much healthier thing to eat. Than the fat free, high carb diet of mostly cereals, breads, and pasta. Okay? He would take the pepperoni out of all those things. So, you gotta gotta, gotta drop another line sometime and just rename the health minute because that's a little contradictory. All right. Over on Quite Frankly, Super Chat. Oh, Quite Frankly.tv, powered by Pill.net, powered by Foxhole. Let's see. J, uh, NJSF, thank you for the cookie. Thank you, Paulie93, says, diet between the holidays, for real. Yeah, I have been. Porpoiseful, thank you. Sean Joe, Paulie again, says, do you think people really believe cattle farts are a problem? I think some stupid people do. And I think other people who, who talk about cattle farts know that there are just stupid people who will believe it. And therefore, they give themselves a mandate by using the lowest hanging fruit for the lowest common denominator. But I think I think any kind of a, a a thinking person would say cattle farts is ridiculous. Thank you, Vader three six nine. Jay Jules has bought coffee for Lorraine. Frank, I can't wait to hear what she says about it. Can't wait to hear what she says about it. I love this coffee. Uh, really graceful. Grace got in touch with me today. Said by the way, I bought I bought a bag for me and my mother. I can't wait to see what she said. And um. Yes, Castle Drummer, thank you. Alan Wrench, Joe M says, Here you go, thank you. Now, Matt1776, one of the head honchos over there at Pill.net, is handing out bronze tier subscriptions, and people are claiming them, like Rick Rolled and St. Nipples. Le- St. Nipples. Flying Bulldogs just claimed it. So now we just made a couple of new subscribers who will be able to join up. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are now a subscriber on Pilled, just remember, on Sundays, when we do our Sunday live streams, or if there is, if you are a Pilled subscriber, uh, it's starting in January and you are part of the book club, you get your um, your exclusive links for all of the, the bonus materials in your Pilled direct message inbox. That is honored just like the Squarespace, the QuiteFrankly.tv Sponsors tab, and the Patreon and the Subscribestar are. Those four things, universal perks for everybody. Thank you, Matt. Uh, Matt says, "Yeah, let's talk UFOs." So there you go. I'm glad. I'm glad he liked it. Will he fix. It? Hold on. There's a whole bunch of people here. Damn it. Hold on. NX17. Thank you, Jimmy the Saint. Seen Jimmy around. Nana knows too. Gambara, will Willie, fix it. Witchy Poo says, in honor of the mats and this wonderful platform, thank you so much, Witchy. Incredibly generous, always. Keep up the good work, Frank says, quite Lee. He says, ask Rich if Ohio is really red or is it purple but pro-Trump. Uh, Steve, I don't know if this is from earlier in the, in the show, but prior to the intermission, go and listen to what he said about Ohio. I think you're going to get more than enough of an answer right there. Here's to boosting the scratchin', says Zoso Dude. Good man, indeed. And Rick Rold says, great show, Frank and Rich. Secret Weapon rounds it out, says, thanks, Frank, and thank you, Rich. Well, thank you all. And I'm going to release that scratching now, and I'm going to kindly invite you all to come back and join me for the Tuesday night show tomorrow, though it will be shortened slightly by band practice. I definitely want to have you all here to enjoy because we have a great guest. Danny Katz is coming back. She uh, writes a lot about the the power of language, the power of words, etymology. We have a lot of fun with words when Danny is on. But she's got a new book out. Her old book is a uh, pop-up book about propaganda. Pop-up propaganda, I believe it is. Um, That's a great stocking stuffer of a book. But she has a new one out. She's extending her Cyber Monday uh, sale for everybody for tomorrow, too. So if you like it, maybe you have another gift. You can give one of those budding red pill people in your life. And... um, And that's what we have lined up. Until tomorrow, thank you all so much for tonight, and away we go. Don't go anywhere, because if you are on quitefrankly.tv right now, then you're probably going to be uh, served up a nice dosage of after-hours programming. So I will see you tomorrow. In the meantime, you know how to keep in touch right there in the chat room on the website, on Gilded, and elsewhere, Nighty
1: night. I'll catch you on the flip side.
0: quite is film before our live studio audience and now our super chatters, starting with stowstube jay britz uh valuna and gay julianella also thank you so much to our gold uh, gold pillars to all of our wonderful rumble ranters tomorrow is tuesday i'll see you soon
1: house
0: huh what i bust my ass all day long when i come home i want little smoke
1: turkey is that too fucking much to ask what the fuck is your problem everything
0: but fucking turkey in here
1: will you shut up yeah.